0: How many brains are you using right now? Is the answer one? If so, you think you're pretty smart, don't you? We're gonna share with you the three brains that are in your body and how your entire body is really one large brain. divided up between your mind, your gut, and your heart. Welcome to Soul Logic, not your breathy spirituality. This is neither tie-dye, running through fairy fields, nor corporate performance metrics, but increasing your inner authority and personal freedom, moving you from the corporate mindset to a conscious mindset.
1: We're your hosts, Cindy and Scott, and we're here to put the practical into awakening. I'm so excited to talk about this topic. It is what I've been focusing on lately and really have been enjoying not only my own experience of understanding my heart, brain, and my gut brain, but also some of the science behind it. And it's interesting that they all operate similarly, similarly, taking in information and informing our actions. But as we look at how society functions, really, we've overridden our gut and our heart by placing more importance on our minds, on our intelligence, on our logic that comes from the brain. And it certainly has its place. Logic has its place, and that's, again, we call this soul logic because we value that piece of it. But as we go into the soul piece, which I think starts to encompass the heart and the gut, as well as the rest of our essence, then we tend to discount that because it is a quieter type of intelligence because we put so much emphasis on our logic. So it takes more time, more patience and more awareness for us to really tap into these other two brains. So yes, when Scott asked the question, how many brains are you using? It seems like, well, duh, we're using our brain, our brain brain. But we actually have two additional ones that if we can tap into these and what we're going to talk about today, then we have so much intelligence in our body that we can start to choose our response instead of getting triggered. So a lot of times we think we're getting triggered from our brain. Somebody will say something to us. And we have an immediate reaction. We think that's coming from our brain. In fact, it could be coming from any one of our brains. It could be a learned response that we got as a kid that we think, again, lives in our mind, but actually lives in our heart or lives in our gut. And I just can't wait to dive into this a little bit deeper. And, you know, we're always about personal freedom here and choice. And I think by tapping into all of our intelligence, we have an even greater opportunity or greater chance to give ourselves to do that, to choose differently for ourselves and to choose the path that's most beneficial to our true self. And I think a fundamental aspect of self-awareness is tapping into these other brains. So where this has really become interesting for me is I work a lot with people through change. And a lot of times we talk about mindsets at workplaces. We talk about our egos and things like that. And ego and mindsets tend to live in the, the brain that we're most familiar with. What I find interesting about the body's intelligence is that it parallels our mind experience. So we have these experiences that we had as children. We have these learned responses that in the past we've talked about as mindsets, but they can also be maybe called body sets or gut sets or heart sets in that we have learned responses. So if you were a child and well, I'll just use my own, my parents did not have a great relationship when I was a kid and they're, they wouldn't fight outright, but there was definitely tension So my body learned to respond to that tension in the household. And I know probably a lot of people can relate to that. And then as you grow older, that no longer serves you. I'm not in a household where my parents are fighting anymore. So I don't need to hold on to that that embodiment of self-protection in that sense anymore. So by becoming aware of where I start to protect myself anytime there's an argument or a disagreement around me, and I've talked about being a people pleaser before, that's a triggered response. My body is responding to tension and I want to make everything. Okay. That's something I learned in my body as a child. And so by becoming more aware and by using my heart and my gut brain, I can start to tap into those feelings. Take a moment in the present moment because your body can only live in the present moment. Whereas your brain can be in the past and the future by being in that present moment, I can say, okay, I'm safe. I'm not in the situation where my parents are fighting. I'm an adult now. I can take care of myself and I can choose to react differently and make a different choice in my life. Scott, have you had similar experiences as far as understanding where your body is giving you intelligence from past experiences and where you've been like, Oh, Hey, maybe I don't need to do this, this, do this anymore. It's no longer serving me.
0: Many times, many times, Cindy. And I think it's, it's so interesting to, to remember that, it's our mind that we're so used to that is the logic that has the memory and sure the body has muscle memory so we might tend you know tend to like tense up our shoulders or you know kind of constrict our body a little bit in certain situations but it's our mind that is living in the past and predicting the future and making those ongoing comparisons which are then often overriding what's happening with the gut and with the heart And because the the gut and the heart, as you say, the body itself is only in the present tense. I think that is such an important reminder for me that when I'm feeling something in my gut or even in my heart, it's a great opportunity now for me to pause and check in with what's the mind perceiving? What's the mind thinking about this? Because the mind probably hasn't caught up to what the body is perceiving, particularly because the body is in the present tense, but that mind could be thinking about something in the past or predicting something in the future or drawing conclusions and comparisons that aren't even relevant that are in direct opposition to what the body is perceiving or receiving in that moment. And I think that that's really a magical um, awareness for me as we've been discussing this topic. And I've been focusing more on this topic here, not only with myself, but with, with coaching clients and quite often in coaching conversations, a client will say to me, Maybe it's about a person they've hired a few months before. I had a feeling he or she wasn't going to work out. And I often will say, well, "What did you do with that feeling?" And they will come back with, "I didn't do anything with it. It was just a feeling. And I think I've said this before in the embodiment podcast, It's never just a feeling. And once we recognize that anything that we're feeling, whether it's coming from our heart or our gut, so let's just call it our torso, anything we're feeling in that part of our body, it's valuable, valuable information that is coming to us in the present moment and it's being received by the body quicker than the mind is receiving it.
1: Yeah. And I think just to, to tap into that, that person who said, Oh, I had a feeling about it and they didn't do anything about it because I bet what they were thinking is on paper, they looked qualified. They looked great. They were quote unquote, the right candidate based on our social norm of making, you know, the logical choice.
0: 100% or they were fantastic in the interview. But here's the thing, I've interviewed many people and the person has been fantastic in the interview. They looked great on paper. The experience seemed to be everything the company was looking for, but something didn't feel right. And I know that the times that I made decisions to hire somebody when something didn't feel right, it ended up being the wrong person. Now, this is not a podcast about who to hire and who not to hire. It's a podcast about trusting your gut. And that's why when we talk about embodiment, we have so many idioms, you know, follow your heart, trust your gut. There's a reason why, because we feel it. We feel it when it's off. We feel when it's on, but our head many times will override that feeling. And when we talk more about the three brains here, one thing that I found is that when all three brains are aligned, or there is at least a place of neutrality between what the three brains is perceiving, then there's no regret. Then we're actually making the best decision possible in that moment not a decision with limited information. And so many times, if we're using only our mind, we're making a decision with one-third of the information that's available to us. That is certainly not the path to personal freedom. That is certainly not the path to empowerment because we have basically just given away two-thirds of our power.
1: That's a really great point. I, I think that's hugely important. And I think you know scientifically, we know that the gut communicates to the brain via the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve actually sends about 80 to 90% of information to the brain. Whereas I think logically (laughs) we would think the brain is sending information to the gut. So I think it's really important to understand where our information is coming from. And when you, I think exactly to your point, I mean, maybe even less than a third of our intelligence is what we're using based on not tapping into the rest of our body. And I just want to go back to the idioms that you were talking about. I think, you know, we believe that we the the brain has the most information or the best information or what have you but yet we have these sayings i'm thick to my stomach over a mistake that's been made or event that's happening in the world so we're it's literally in our language to recognize what's happening in our body and yet we're still tending to override what's happening in our gut to make decisions for ourselves or we think some bad thing is going to happen and it doesn't and we literally literally sigh with relief like right and we let out tension by breathing we let out tension so we say these things unconsciously so we are recognizing them so if you think you know oh i will i'm a logical person i will never believe my body over my brain just think about things that you are already saying to yourself or doing that actually does recognize the intelligence in your body and think about how much more powerful that could be if you actually did stop and say, Oh, I've got a knot in my stomach. What is that about? Would you make a different relationship choice? Would you make a different career choice? Would you make a different route to the grocery store choice that saves you from getting in an accident? That information is there if we value it and allow it to rise within us.
0: That's a good point. If we value it and allow it to rise within us. And I think that is one of the biggest challenges we have, particularly here in 2022 and probably going beyond because we are bombarded with so much information on a daily basis, right? The interruptions are plentiful from our devices to email to everything, whether you're watching something on TV and you see headlines on the bottom of the screen, or the side of the screen, on the top of the screen, plus you've got something in the center of the screen. I mean, we don't even know where to look anymore. So, my personal view on this is that we have given away so much of our ability to sense and feel into our body because we are so externally focused. The irony is, I feel that the more so-called connected we are by messaging and WhatsApp and social media, the more disconnected we actually become from ourselves, which means that we are more disconnected from the intelligence of our three brains, primarily our heart and our gut, because they don't scream to us. The information is subtle, but when we really are sick to our gut, When we have digestion problems, I think it really is a, of course, there's the medical route, the traditional medical route where we treat it with medication, but there's an even bigger message there somehow I feel because if our gut is off, the rest of our body is most likely off. What would you say about that?
1: Well, I agree a hundred percent. And I think there's a, actually, let me back up a second. The irony here is I'm literally experiencing embodiment right now. This topic is so important to me. I can feel my body tensing up. And I think that I am like, oh, I have to get this right. (laughs) And that is my brain taking over from my body. And I can literally feel my shoulders clenching. I'm just like, I'm like huddled down and I'm going to get this right. And if I just like, I'm literally, as we speak, just trying to open up my shoulders, breathe a bit more deeply. And I think, as you're speaking, I can feel my gut clenching, like everything clenching, like, oh, I got to get this right. And that is literally shutting me down. I feel, you know, oh, what am I going to say next? What am I going to say next? And then as I just relax and let my body be, it, I just feel more like I can just be more in the flow. And we've talked about the flow before. And I think again, with the gut flowing, the heart flowing, the brain flowing, and to your point in being in alignment, those choices, they are, uh, there's much more opening for those choices to come in versus when I'm like hunched over and clenched and be like, oh, I have to get this right. You know, that's way too stressful and too much pressure. And if I just open up and let the words flow, then I'm literally experiencing the embodiment now as we speak and can let the words come to me, let the intelligence come, I can relax and know that this conversation that we're having is going to be the conversation that we need to have about it in this moment in time. So the fact that I'm sitting here all tensed up at the beginning of this podcast is, you know, I'm just, I'm living and learning in the moment.
0: (laughs) Well, that's fantastic. And that's, isn't that what the mind does? The mind is thinking about the past. Mm -hmm. And maybe situations where you had high expectations for yourself, or you were comparing yourself to somebody else, and then looking in the future and be fast forwarding thinking, I want this to be a really good podcast. I want to do this correctly, make sure that the information is communicated the best way possible. And, And all of that, that performance anxiety does get in the way of us just being in the moment where our other two brains are all the time in the present moment. Now, here's the thing, though, is that the mind, is the only brain that constructs the words that we speak and that we write. So imagine, again, I go back to what I said before, imagine if we're only using one third of our potential and the two thirds here that aren't speaking to that one third, how effective is that one third? Probably not as effective. But if we're really tuned in to what's happening in the other parts of the body, we can hear the messages there. We can feel the messages there, and there'll be that alignment, and there isn't that block so the words can easily be formed in the mind and then come out. The message can be clearly delivered, as you're saying, you know, it's like just letting it go and and being more present. And that's why there's a a great TED Talk on the, the body postures and what we do and how it does actually change how we show up. And we talked about that in another podcast about, you know, smiling for 60 seconds, how you used to do that with a sales team, right? Where you all just smile and it, it does change everything. So the body's intelligence is so incredibly powerful, but it takes effort and discipline to hear it and give it the proper attention that it deserves.
1: I agree a hundred percent. And I, as we're talking about this, I just think of the three brains as kind of an ecosystem to your point about the, like your body, you can use your body to change your mind. You can also use your mind to change your body, which I think is really interesting. So, you know, yes, you can smile and literally change your physiology. You can change your inner chemistry where your feelings, your emotions change you're more positive. And, you know, we've had much success with that on the sales side on um, conversely. I mean, I can't remember if we talked about this in the podcast before, but there's the whole visualization, like sports psychology, where there's the study they did with the the free throws and they had three groups and one group practiced every day. One group practiced the first and last day. And one group just visualized the whole thing. And the first and last group were almost identical. So even though the last group only visualized shooting hoops, their performance also increased. So that's your mind impacting your body. So it's like no one brain is the best or right brain. It's just how do you use the full ecosystem? Tap to your point, tap into the full intelligence. We need all three. And that's what we talk about a lot. We need the soul. We need our logic. We need our heart, our gut, and our brain to fully
0: function and to live our best life. To your point about the visualization and that exercise, that visualization is as real to the mind and the body as daily practice or practice on the first day and practice on the last day, the body and the mind do not know the difference, which I think right. is so incredibly powerful to, re- to remember that. And so many times I feel like because we can't touch it and we feel that it's not tangible, we don't give it the respect that it deserves. And when I say it, I mean, it's pretty much anything in this case, visualization, it deserves a lot of respect because it's incredibly powerful. Just like we can't necessarily touch and see and feel our heart and our, well, we can feel them if we're tuned into them, but we generally don't. We ignore them. Mm -hmm. We take an antacid, right? We have a stomach ache. We take an antacid. We try to numb the pain that's coming from the body when the pain or the feeling can often be an indicator of what is off in that brain.
1: And I also think on top of that, it's a really good point, not just masking, but also the, the source of information. When I work with people with change, a lot of times with mindsets, we have information that's no longer useful to us. Or like I mentioned earlier, you know, I had bad information. My body has bad, inf- not bad, it has information from childhood that's no longer useful to me. So the information we're inputting into our three brains is really important. And then as well as not masking to your point, what you just said, we, we want, we don't want to mask the inf- information that we're getting or treat it. We want to look at it and use it to our benefit. And then also be really conscientious. I think about what information do we need for ourselves right now and making sure that information that's coming in is both true for us in this moment. You know, do we need to evolve our, our thinking? Do we need to evolve our embodiment of something uh, or do we need to just let something go? Like, what's that information coming in? And that's sort of like what you feed your mind feeds your body, what you feed your body feeds your mind. Again, that whole ecosystem of things working in in concert with one another and making sure it's not junk in junk out. So in that piece of it, you know, the information that's coming in and letting some of the stuff that no longer serves us go, there can be some discomfort because this is change. So as you start to listen to your heart, as you start to listen to your gut, it can be really really uncomfortable because it might start giving you information that you don't necessarily well, you haven't recognized and that you maybe haven't processed or thought about or given attention to in the past. And that can be really uncomfortable. You might find out you've been hiding or you've been acting aggressively when you shouldn't have been, whatever those things are. And so that can be really uncomfortable. And I think one of the things around trusting yourself and handling some of that is the centering exercise that people do A lot of times in meditation, but it doesn't have to be in meditation. I think you can just, I think it's sort of the alignment you were talking about earlier. I call it centering where you just are literally sitting upright. You're feeling your gut, which I know for me, as I started this journey, I could feel my brain. I could relax my brain. I could feel into my heart. I couldn't get below my heart. I could not feel my gut center for the longest time. And some of it was just. I wasn't accustomed to it, but I can get there now. And there is several philosophies that recognize the center of ourselves as being sort of in from your belly button, like in the center of your body, um, like living literally in the center of your body. So if you can center into that center point, it gives you a sense of strength, a sense of stability, at least it does for me. I'm curious what your experiences got Scott. And it allows you to process some of these feelings, some of the sensations, some of the thoughts that come through as you're dealing with some of these old patterns that we might have to let those go so that we can move into the things that are more healthy.
0: Yeah, I find it incredibly useful to to center in, to, to just calm myself, some of the deep breathing, get into more of the center of my body and and feel into whatever's happening it could be a decision that's coming up and quite often sometimes the the gut brain which is concerned about survival and it's also concerned about you know the kind of like the the lust for life you could say our human desire you know the comfort of ourselves that might have something different to say than my head brain quite often it does and so I, I do find myself, once I've centered, I, I intentionally feel into each of the three brains, tune into what the message is, and then try to run it between the two, almost like a figure eight, between the gut, the heart and the head, you know, and 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 get some sort of a, an agreement, an alignment there. And what I've felt and seen in my own life is that when there is that alignment and inner understanding and acceptance, there's no regret in a decision. How many times have we made a decision that we've regretted because we've made a decision out of fear probably just because it was made with our gut brain we felt that we had to do something we had no options based on survival right and that wasn't our heart wasn't in it literally and another idiom right our heart wasn't in it our heart wasn't behind it it didn't feel right and the heart's objective is to be connected is to belong it's about the acceptance and the 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 love the understanding, so all of that goodness—not just for ourselves, but for those that we are including in the decision of the situation—and maybe the heart wasn't behind it. And I had a friend who did something like that, where she accepted a um, a buyout from a company, did it because she felt like she had no choice, and her heart wasn't behind it. And for years, she had regrets. Years—we're talking five, six, seven years there were continued regrets behind that decision, around that decision. And it took a lot of work, inner work for her to understand and to accept the decision that she had made those years prior. And then when you have the head brain, sometimes the head brain is only concerned with the future, with our current performance, right? It's comparing and it's the ego. We all need the ego to survive it. It is kind of who we are, our personality, but that sometimes can cause us to make wrong decisions, particularly if it doesn't feel right in our heart or doesn't feel right in our gut. So I find that the centering is really important to do that, to be able to hear all of the different messages coming from each of the brains, and then to create the understanding between the three brains and to create the acceptance between the three brains so that there is a harmonious action that comes out of it.
1: Perfect. We need to take a quick break, but then when we come back, let's talk about even more techniques to tap into the body and to listen to our inner intelligence from all three brains.
0: You're listening to Soul Logic, shifting you from a corporate mindset into a conscious mindset. Check out our course online at roadmaptoawakening.com helping you bring the practical into awakening and make sense of what's happening on your journey.
1: So Scott, you talked about your friend who took the buyout and then had a lot of pain from that. I think there are a lot of people who have the quote unquote golden handcuffs. So here's more idioms around our body being restricted in some way. um, Even though it's in a lovely golden package around money and status and things like that, because we don't want to give up a great big salary or whatever it is to actually follow our hearts. And that can be a really painful place to be. So as we talk about tapping into our body's intelligence, I mean, I think a lot of this is alleviating pain when we can tap into when we center in and then we can start to tap into all three brains. We get our alignment. We take care of both ourselves, our relationships and our logic In our future going forward in a way that's positive, what are some of the techniques that you've used to really embody all three brains and to give yourself a fighting chance to make the right decision for yourself?
0: I could share the decision I made actually when I took an an early buyout from a company that I worked for for many, many years, and I was on a path for promotion. However, it didn't feel right. It never felt right and I was living overseas at the time, there was an opportunity to leave with with a benefits package that was very attractive to me. And I'd always had in the back of my mind, logically, if they ever offer this, I'm out of here. Because at the time, I was about 42. And I thought I could continue here for the next 15, 20 years, and it would be fine. But it didn't feel right. And so as I'm reflecting on this, as I'm telling the story right now, I did use all three brains and I made a list of pros and cons. So very much from the head, right? From the logic part of it, the list of pros and cons of staying or leaving, accepting the package or or and leaving or staying. Now, full disclosure, when I say accepting the package and leaving, I wasn't going to another job because my intention at that time was to start my coaching practice. So I was going into kind of a void. My gut brain is the one that's focused on survival. So the gut brain had some real concerns in the beginning. But as I processed it more, what I realized was there's lots of opportunities to make money. And the gut brain just needed to take a back seat. Because nothing was going to happen. It was all okay, right? So once I was safe, exactly. And once my gut brain understood there's plenty of money if you if you need this you can do this i mean there were options which quieted the gut brain's concerns because the gut brain was very active my heart brain was so excited by this possibility and so i went into some meditation you talk about centering i would center myself i'd breathe go into a short meditation i would then visualize staying with the company not necessarily in the same role but staying with the company and i could feel my body constricting i could feel my shoulders kind of tightening My chest just becoming more, more constricted, as I said, and it didn't feel good in my gut at all. And it didn't feel right in my heart. It felt really, really off. Nothing felt good. Even the head, actually, even all three brains felt off. The gut brain wasn't having it (laughs) because passion for life, right? The desire or survival. It's all about me with the gut brain. The gut brain wasn't having it, did not want that. The heart brain wasn't feeling it. The belonging, the heart brain wasn't, it wasn't belonging. I, I didn't belong in that anymore, in that environment. And the head brain was thinking, you've done this, move on. It was very interesting because what I felt through that meditation was very different than the list of pros and cons. Because the list of pros and cons coming from the head, there was a long list of pros to stay and a short list of pros to leave. When I looked at it purely from logic and if I had made my, so, okay. So I, that all happened. And then I would clear my mind and do some breathing again, get centered and envision leaving and starting a coaching practice, but not even knowing what that meant at the time, because I was still in coach training. So I just envisioned leaving and it was like, ah, you know, like the angels were singing my, my shoulders relaxed i just felt like wow this is amazing my gut was fully on board with this my heart was fully behind it it felt right my gut was like you can do anything this is great this is an opportunity it's an experiment and an experience in your life your my head was like why not you're young enough you can make money anywhere and it all felt right so i did that several times because i was not totally believing what I was feeling, and I didn't know anything about what we're talking about right now back then 10 years ago. So I had no idea what any of this was. And now that I reflect back on that, because that was a very significant decision that I made because input wise, every single person around me did not support my decision to leave from the management team above me. There was a promotion offer to the team that I was managing to friends and family and colleagues there was not one person that thought that it was a good idea because they were all looking at it from their head and looking at it from the logical perspective of, well, you get to climb the corporate ladder. That's not what I wanted. You get to make more money. Okay. That's attractive. But everything they mentioned was from a very limited perspective. And when I combined all three brains, I knew that that was my decision and I made the decision and I've, I've been asked this question before do you have any regrets i've never had a single regret never one now i have curiosity and i do playfully wonder what would it have been like if i had stayed but i've never had a regret which has to this day amazed me and i think the reason that i've never had the regret is because there was alignment between all three brains and i gave each brain enough time and respect to be heard so that when the gut brain started kicking up and saying, "Well, yeah, but what about this? What about this?" Okay, calm down. It's all good. We've got this plan. We've got this plan. We've got this plan. Okay, fine. You know, took a back seat. The heart brain was like, "This is fantastic. I feel good." The head brain also joined in, so they were each respected. They each got their their time in the spotlight, so to speak, and there was alignment and never a regret. All has been well, and I'm and I'm convinced that if I did not take the time to to check in and to align and to center and feel in, into each of the brains. Again, not knowing what I was doing. If I didn't take that time, I may have walked away with regrets or made a decision that I regretted.
1: I think it's really interesting around, you said you didn't know 10 years ago what you know now, like you weren't necessarily consciously tapping into all three brains, even though that's what you were doing. So just, you know, food for thought there. If you're like, oh, I don't know how to do all of this. You know, sometimes your your body can support you in ways that you aren't even aware of that can help lead you toward tapping into its intelligence. Even if you're not literally sitting down going, what is my heart saying? What is my gut saying? I mean, if you can do that, that's what we're talking about here. Like, yes, we want you to do that because you can, can, I think, move along to that alignment place much more quickly, but it can come from a more unconscious place to get you to that more conscious place, if that makes sense.
0: It does. And I think it makes me think of when you said that, years ago, you couldn't necessarily feel into your gut brain Mm -hmm. and that's okay. So just feel into the body. Right. And ask the, ask the question of what am I feeling? What's the message here? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And the messages will come.
1: Yeah. I mean, even to like early, like what's your posture, you know, are your shoulders slumped forward. Are you standing up straight? Are you standing on one hip? You know, are you clenching your jaw? There's a lot of intelligence that can come from your body to find out where stress or tension might be coming from. And then that's a place to explore as well. Like, "Hmm, why am I clenching my jaw? Oh, I have a little bit of a headache. Well, what's that from, (laughs) you know, or whatever, you know, is it my, do I actually have a headache causing the jaw clenching or is the jaw causing the headache? You know, these are all very simple and minute things, but it's part of the path to start that exploration to figure out what's going on. Um, I do think meditation's purpose is to actually feel into the body. I mean, it is to stop the brain from running the show. It's not always accessible to everybody. And I get that. Too, And I think if that's not accessible to you, then breath work can actually be hugely beneficial. Navy SEALs use a very specific breathing technique to calm their nerves, to calm their fear. I think it's the four, five, eight, but I could be wrong on that, where you breathe in for four, hold for five, breathe out for eight. I might have those numbers a little bit wrong. But breath work, I used to kind of poo-poo it. I'm being like, oh, how much can your breath actually dictate, you know, your mental state? And in fact, quite a lot. Just as we said before, the sigh of relief. I mean, just go ahead and take a sigh for a moment if you're listening and just see what that does to your body. Your whole body just relaxes. And there are many different types of breathing techniques for different things. I mean, kundalini yoga can bring up the fire energy up the vagus nerve and and really electrify your body sometimes too much. (laughs) But I mean, you can use breath to calm you down. You can use breath to fire you up. You can, you know, to bring in confidence, to bring in peace. Breath is... Really multidimensional. It's really fascinating.
0: And if we don't have it for more than a couple of minutes, we don't exist.
1: Yeah, good point. <laughs>
0: so, but it's also incredibly important. So doesn't it make sense that it would behoove us to give it more respect as well? And also breathing all the way into the, our lower part of the diaphragm, you know, the lowest part of our belly, and then as we're exhaling, being very present as how how that air is is coming out from the the depths all the way to the top. It's really quite fascinating and it's very calming at the same time. So I think it's a great way that you mentioned to, to connect with the body and to connect with the intelligences of the body.
1: So as we wrap up this podcast, this is a huge, huge topic. There's lots of science behind it. There's lots of practical application behind it. I encourage you, if it's anything of interest to you, to go dig deeper. This has been kind of a, an overview, I guess, of the three brains, if you will. So. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you will use your entirety of your intelligence that exists within your body. We'll see you next time.